Women have always been a force for peace, but their contributions have mostly remained unrecognized and unsupported. The UN Security Council Resolution 1325 on Women, Peace and Security set out to change that. Nearly 20 years after its adoption, where are we now? What is the future of Women, Peace and Security? Welcome to GNWP Talks Women, Peace and Security. During this episode, we'll share with you the first ever global dialogue between our Young Women Leaders for Peace program participants in five different countries. Bangladesh, the Democratic Republic of the Congo, Indonesia, the Philippines, and South Sudan. We were also joined on April 15, 2020, during our first ever global dialogue by youth movement representatives from over six different countries. Let's get started. Welcome to the first meeting of the Young Women for Peace and Leadership Girl Ambassadors for Peace program. This is the first time we've had members from all five countries. That's the Democratic Republic of Congo, South Sudan, Indonesia, Bangladesh, and the Philippines on one call together. So this is a moment in history. And to provide opening remarks, I'm going to turn the floor over to Mavic Cabrera-Beleza, our CEO and founder. Okay. Hello again, everyone. Uh, good morning, afternoon, and evening, wherever you are. I'm very happy to be speaking. Mavic, you're muted. You muted yourself. Uh, let me. All right. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Yeah, I, I saw, yeah, I was, uh, the host muted me. Um, anyway, <laughs> uh, good morning, afternoon, and everyone, uh, depending on who you are, uh, where you are, I mean. Uh, I'm very happy to be here, to, to be speaking with you today. It's a nice day here in New York. I hope it is uh, also in your... Uh, countries and communities, despite the fact that we are all facing this global COVID-19 crisis. As uh, the title suggests, uh, the title of this uh, convening suggests, Young Women Leaders Global Dialogue. You are here because you are leaders. And that means you are here, not by chance, but for a reason. And some of you, or most of you, have participated in the training organized by the Global Network of Women Peace Builders, our organization, which is also your organization. You've learned about uh, the characteristics of being a leader, of being a peace builder, of being a humanitarian actor, and you've uh, uh, mastered skills in different um, aspects of uh, leadership. Uh, you've learned about the international laws 1325, Security Council Resolution 1325 on Women, Peace and Security, or Resolution 2250 on Youth, Peace and Security. And you have uh, more knowledge than 
probably most of uh, young people around you, uh, young people in your communities. And because of that, you also have a big responsibility to share that knowledge, to apply that knowledge. And we often say uh, it is the right of young people to be leaders. Uh, it is not correct to say that they are leaders of tomorrow because they are already leaders of today. But keep in mind that along with the right comes the responsibility. And it's a big responsibility. Uh, as I have mentioned, we are gathered here because, uh, despite, because, and maybe despite uh, also of the global uh, COVID-19 pandemic. I live in New York. I'm originally from the Philippines, but I live in New York. And New York has become the epicenter of uh, COVID-19, not just in the United States, but also around the world. Uh, as of yesterday, we have close to 600,000 cases in the United States. Uh, about 40 to 50% of those cases are here in New York. But every single day uh, that I wake up, I am grateful, grateful for being safe and healthy, which is not, you know, um, which a lot of people cannot uh, say. But of course, I'm also worried. I'm worried about, you know, uh, my, uh, family in the Philippines. I'm worried about uh, my country. I'm worried about uh, all other countries, uh, especially those, um, you know, have very little capacities to, uh, to manage this crisis. But I remain hopeful. I remain hopeful. And the reason for that is you. You represent hope. Uh, you represent uh, the possibility of transformative change. But that can only happen if you use your skills, your time, your energies to transform the world into a much better place. So... Uh, we, along with the knowledge, along with the um, right comes responsibility. But you also have to prove that you are able to use all of this to make the world a better place. And to not just to conform to what is happening now, what, what laws and policies require you to do, but to transform transform leadership, transform the realities, that the difficult realities that your communities are facing now, that is what you have in front of you. 
So I won't be speaking that much longer. I want to thank you for taking time to join us uh, this morning. And uh, it's, yeah, you are in different parts of the world and it's, uh, you know, for some of you, it may be late already. But I look forward to our lively conversation and would be here to uh, listen to all of you. And for those who are around my generation, uh, we create space for these young people. Uh, we commit to um, creating space and also providing support. So each one of us in this, in this uh, conversation have uh, the responsibilities to um, transform our world into a better place for the young people and for generations to come. Thank you. Thank you, Mavic, for that moving speech. Uh, we are so excited to have all of you on the phone today, um, despite this, this uh, global health emergency. And it's really uplifting and inspiring to have people, young women from Indonesia, the Philippines, Bangladesh, um, on the, on, and South Sudan, who are our existing networks, but also um, young women who will join our program very, very soon from Ukraine, Lebanon, Kenya, and, um, and, and, and Myanmar. So it's, it's, it's great to have you all here. And, and the purpose of this conversation is, is to, to hold an online interactive discussion to celebrate and highlight the importance of young women's contributions in, to, to peace building, humanitarian emergency response, conflict resolution, preventing violent extremism, sustaining peace locally and globally. And during this event, we're going to be launching two tools for young women's competition. Uh, one is a capacity building toolkit, which we developed. Uh, so I will just introduce that now. And then we will also be talking about a film which we created, which also highlights the contributions of young women uh, over the past couple of years through our Young Women for Peace and Leadership program. So as many of you know, the young, the, the women peace and security agenda and the youth peace and security agendas are inextricably linked with overlapping concerns over discrimination, marginalization, and, and the exclusion on violence of young women and women experience in conflict and humanitarian emergencies. Our Young Women for Peace and Leadership program promotes synergies between these two agendas. Some of you know it by different names. In Bangladesh and Indonesia, you know it as the Girl Ambassadors for Peace program, which was its former name. Now we, it is known as Young Women for Peace and Leadership, and we will shortly be changing the name to Young Women Leaders for Peace, and my colleague Katrina will explain that later. So the, the, the objective of the program, as you know, is to enhance the capacities of young women to take a stand against discrimination, gender inequality, and violent conflict. The program trains young women and girls who live in conflict-affected environments and humanitarian emergencies on leadership, peacebuilding, literacy and numeracy education, economic empowerment, social media for advocacy, and theater for dialogue. 
We launched this program in 2014 in the Democratic Republic of Congo. And since then, the program has expanded to Bangladesh, Indonesia, the Philippines, and South Sudan, with over 6,000 young women reached by the activities. Through advocacy efforts for a culture of peace and inclusivity, Young Women for Peace and Leadership members have been contributing to a strong youth movement for peace, equality, and sustainable development across the world. So today, we are very excited to share that with the support of the NAMA Women's Advancement Establishment from the United Arab Emirates, we developed a publication titled Young Women and Girls, Read, Lead, and Build Peaceful Communities a toolkit for young women and girls on literacy, leadership, economic empowerment, media, and theater, which is what you can see on your screen here. That is the cover of the toolkit. We also developed a film which depicts the journeys of young women peace builders as a part of ongoing efforts to raise awareness and promote the necessity for women's participation on countering violent extremism and peace building in local communities. The toolkit and the film contribute to evidence-based, context-specific resources on the crucial role of women and youth in peacebuilding and preventing and countering violent extremism, drawing on best practices developed through our program, particularly in Bangladesh and Indonesia. So you can see here the program components and, and the toolkit is filled with a lot of interactive illustrations and exercises. We launched the program in Bangladesh and Indonesia in 2017 in response to the escalating Rohingya crisis in these countries. This toolkit contains all the materials we used in the Bangladesh and Indonesia trainings and includes interactive and instructive mod modules on all of the program's pillars, which you can see here. Le literacy, leadership, peace building, economic empowerment, the use of media, theater, and ICT. Our methodology for this Young Women for Peace and Leadership program, which most of you are aware of, is train the trainers. We train you as young women who have participated in our program to be able to lead your own efforts to empower other young women and girls and promote gender equality and build sustainable peace. This toolkit is meant to be a tool for you to use to, to lead your own trainings and efforts to promote gender equality and build sustainable peace. And uh, Katrina, if we could show the spotlights, you'll see we have shared examples of your achievements. So this is from Bangladesh and then we have others. The examples of your achievements for young women peace builders around the world to be inspired by. So, so they can learn from what you've done and hopefully emulate it. And you can use what you've done and the evidence of your achievements to share with other young peace builders in, in your communities. Yeah, so we, you saw DRC. This is about social media and, and your achievements in Indonesia. And the last one is on the achievements of the program in theater in South Sudan. So that is the toolkit and, and it's been translated into Bahasa and Bangla so, so that it can be used in Indonesia and Bangladesh specifically. We will be sharing the link to the toolkit with all of you so you can see the English version or the Bahasa version or the Bangla version and you'll be able to use it. So that, that will come to you via email or WhatsApp or Facebook Messenger soon. Now the next thing that we 
want to share with you is a film that we created, and the film specifically highlights the achievements of our Young Women for Peace and Leadership program in Bangladesh and Indonesia. As I said earlier, the program has focused specifically on the gender, improving the gender sensitivity of the humanitarian emergency response in Cox's Bazar, Bangladesh, which is home to 1.3 million Rohingya refugees. Through the program, the Young Women Leaders for Peace in Bangladesh have conducted literacy and numeracy classes for member, for women who are part of the Rohingya refugee camps and also the host community. And as a result, almost 180 women in, who are both Rohingya refugees and Bangladeshi have who regularly face marginalization, discrimination, and a lack of access to education and other basic social services have been empowered to read and write, sign their names on legal documents, and read important signs within camps. I'll let the, the film explain more about it, and then I'm sure you'll hear from the members themselves. Girl ambassadors for peace are not only active in their local communities, they also advocate for greater representation of young women in peace building and political decision making at the national, regional, and global arenas. In January 2018, Indonesian young women shared their valuable perspectives with representatives of the Ministry of Women's Empowerment and Child Protection, the National Agency for Combating Terrorism, UN Development Program, and UN Women. They shared their recommendations on how to effectively involve young women in peace building and in preventing violent extremism. The Girl Ambassadors for Peace program translates the Women, Peace and Security and Youth, Peace and Security resolutions of the United Nations into practical and necessary actions on the ground. We have created a strong network of young women leaders in Bangladesh and Indonesia confident in themselves and their abilities to advocate for greater representation of youth. They support and inspire each other to realize their full potentials as leaders, peace builders, and change agents. They are not only empowering themselves, they are contributing to building peaceful and prosperous societies. So that's just a short clip from the film. I hope you were all able to see it and, and the internet connection worked for you. We will share the link to the film so that you can watch the entire thing in, um, your, in your own time when you, when you have access to strong internet. Here you saw clips of the Young Women for Peace and Leadership members from Indonesia who are, who are from Poso Central Sulawesi and Lamongan East Java as they engaged in advocacy to 
for, for inclusive and gender sensitive measures to prevent violent extremism with key national authorities and also in their, in their local communities with local government. They have organized community workshops under a campaign called Peace Goes to School, which you also saw photos of. Currently, young women peace builders are on the front lines of the global COVID-19 health emergency, which has claimed thousands of lives and left many more vulnerable in conflict-affected areas. The travel and mobility restrictions have severely inhibited the delivery of essential services and humanitarian aid to vulnerable groups, including women, young women and girls, people with disabilities, and IDPs and refugees. In the current crisis, the role of young women peace builders is more critical than ever as key actors in preventing the spread of pandemics and mitigating its negative effects. Today in the meeting, we're hoping to hear a little bit from the Young Women for Peace and Leadership members from the Philippines and the work that they have been doing to deliver relief goods to IDPs in, in, in um, Marawi City. So now, without further ado, we're going to begin our discussion. And the first question of the discussion is, how do you promote gender equality and build peace in your communities? We have, we have Young Women for Peace and Leadership members who, who have been prepared to, to answer these questions. So how, so how I will do this is I will call on a country and if you would like to speak, raise your hand and I will call on you. So can we first begin with the Philippines? Would you be able to tell us a little bit about how you build peace and promote gender equality in your community? And in particular, how have you been responding to the impact of the COVID pandemic? From the Philippines, who would like to speak? I see Lynn Rose on the call, Sophia, Queenie, would, would one of you, can I ask one of you to speak? You'll have to unmute yourself uh, in order to speak because everyone is muted. Okay. <laughs> Hello. Hi everyone. Um, I'm Sophia. Uh, I am from the Philippines, is what Malika said. Um, I was the I was a um, local coordinator of YWPL here in the Philippines. And um, on the first question, how do we build peace and promote gender equality in the Philippines, particularly um, in Mindanao per se, um, we started in 2018 through a training on women, peace and security and its intersection with human rights and the media. So in our first year as, um, as a network, we what we focused on is using social media as a platform in promoting all these values of the importance of women, um, women's participation in decision-making processes, as well as um, the importance of advancing human rights through nonviolent and peaceful means. Um, and the year after, it was very critical for the Philippines because it was the midterm elections um, last year. And what we did is we gathered um, young women and men as well um, and LGBT supporters and allies in a training um, in terms of the Bangsamoro Organic Law, which was a vital law in Mindanao. Um, and people see it as an instrument to achieve genuine and sustainable peace. So what we did in that training is we um, educated and we informed our members of the YWPL on the importance of the passage and ratification of that law. And at the same time, on the importance of voting critically and wisely. Who are the leaders that we want? Why is it important that we elect leaders who 
have genuine compassion and exhibit such principles um, such as um, upholding human dignity, etc. On um, and it, and its importance and why we should vote for them. So that's what we did in our first two years um, as a network. And all these information, all these learning, our members um, re-echoed in their respective communities. So we're talking about Luzon, Visayas, and Mindanao, which are the main um, islands in the Philippines. And with those community youth discussions, you were able to reach around 650 youth to go out and vote and to make sure that their civic duty does not end just after voting, but they too have to be um, the check and balance of our leaders. And currently, um, we are now organizing a relief operation um, for Dignity Kits, and I would like to call on Lynn Rose to um, explain further that initiative. Thank you. Hello everyone, I'm Lina Rose and I'm from the Philippines. I'm with Soda and also Queenie, uh, one of our um, uh, members of Young Women Plus for Peace and Leadership in the Philippines is also here in the call. So I would um, probably talk about a little bit about um, our efforts um, in response to the COVID pandemic in the Philippines. So we did an, um, social media campaigns and also uh, we released a statement um, as Malika mentioned earlier, that you know, as we are, most countries are struggling as we are facing the pandemic, and um, we want to express our support to the frontliners, and we also want to remind our government that uh, to address the health crisis, um, we need to ensure the dignity and well-being of everyone, and we also need uh, to remind our government that. Uh, um, violence uh, is not an option in responding to this pandemic. And also, um, we want to ensure and to call all stakeholders responding to the pandemic that to have a gender-inclusive um, response um, to the health crisis. So we published that statement, and it was supported by the Global Network of Women Peace Builders, and also it was um, um, supported by the Center for Peace and Education from uh, Miriam College. And another thing that we, we, we did uh, as part of, uh, aside from the statement, is we had uh, two um, main, main campaigns in, um, online since we've been using social media, as mentioned by Soda, uh, by Sophia earlier. Um, so we had this um, hope in, our kind of pun intended hop in campaign. So we are asking for messages from people across the Philippines, messages of hope and messages of, of, of gratitude um, for the, uh, to the frontliners uh, working tirelessly um, to address uh, this health crisis. So um, we published it in our um, social media page. And um, also we had, uh, it was er mentioned earlier too, that uh, young women are in the front lines in responding to this pandemic. And, uh, we also have young women as part of our network who are working um, on the ground and as as um, Sangunian, Sangunian Kabatan representative, as Barangay Councilor, um, as a volunteer, and 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 they respond and they they have been part of the relief operation. So um, we had another we have another campaign. We call it Young Women. Uh, young women at the front line. We feature stories of our young women who are working um, in the front in the front lines in in whatever capacity. So we publish their stories, and you can check it out. And uh, we will share the links in, in the chat box so that you can also check check out their their stories. Another thing that we will be doing um, is uh, 
like a relief operations, we will be distributing dignity kits. It's uh, these are hygiene kits to the internally displaced um, people um, in in um, in Marawi City. So um, who has been affected by the Marawi siege? Um, more than two years back and uh, the COVID pandemic has um, worsened their situation. So in aid and to make sure that our girls and women are not left behind in the, in the response. So we, were, we are going to, um, to, to do the network uh, with support with, the, with GNWP. We're going to do relief operations, distributing digni dignity kits, hygiene, prod, uh, hygiene kits, and, and masks to, to the IDPs. And that will happen um, hopefully um, next week before uh, the Ramadan. So these are uh, the campaigns that we are currently doing as a network um, in response to COVID pandemic. And uh, if I miss anything, please feel free to jump in so that. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Lynn Rose. Thank you, Sophia. And thank you so much for sharing about what you're doing in the Philippines. It's lovely to hear. I'd actually like to move to a different part of the world to DRC and call on call on the young women from North or South Kivu to, to tell us a little bit about what they are, have been doing to build peace and promote gender equality. If you'd like to speak, you just need to unmute yourself if you are from DRC. Yes, good evening, good morning. This is Emily. I don't know if you can hear me. Yeah, I can hear you. And we are from Goma, especially because there are other friends of us who are in Bukavu, in South Kivu. So I would like to share something that we do in uh, consolidation of peace and also for promoting legal uh, gender. We, in our country, in our context, in the consolidation of peace and promoting promotion of gender equality in North Kivu, we are raising awareness of uh, legal texts, promoting rights of women and peace lead and, and peaceful conflict management at all the level of our community. And, and also taking into consideration, into account our mission, which is to involve the youth in search for, in searching of the lasting peace. We invite young girls to participate in various activities that we organize here in Goma and also in other places in our, in our province. And also we sensitize in different ways, not only uh, going or reaching out to them, but also at social media and also radios and other ways of communicating. I would like to talk more about what we do, but I'm here with my colleagues. They cannot talk because because of the language. <laughs> we speak French, but um, I would just like to share what we have done in uh, in the consolidation of peace. And also, we uh, con we we continue to sensitize and to involve other young other young women who are not who are not informed about their rights and they are, they are a place that they can occupy in the community to come and join us so that we reach, we, we be able to give the information or to take the information to everyone and to reach out to everyone out there. That's the little that we can 
share about what we do here in Goma. Thank you. Thank you so much, Emily. That's an excellent explanation. Would anyone else like to like to come in from DRC? Yeah, hello. I don't know if you are able to hear me. We are talking. Thank you. I'm Nicole from DRC. And um, I want just to add um, on what Emily says. Apart from that, we also work on ourselves. I mean, we, we try to exchange on different themes to make ourselves also to be able to develop the inner peace. You know, what we are living uh, in DRC uh, due to the conflict army, sometimes people are like uh, traumatized. So um, we try to talk to also to other young women and to uh, discuss on different themes to be able to, to cultivate the inner peace, okay. And about apart from that, we also, um, I, I mean, we, we, uh, we call other young women to, to entrepreneur, to be, um, to uh, discover their potential and also to, um, to, I mean, to work on that. Because we know that we, women who are, um, economically empowered, they form a strong wall uh, against the the conflict, and um, they they are good members in. Um, I mean, they 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 intervene and they are active in the yeah. I mean, in the peace building process. Yeah, and also we call them to to be active in the peace building process because uh, many young women they are like. Um, they don't recognize that we have a place, a, a role to play in that process. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Nicole. Going back to going back to Asia, I would like to call on uh, the young women who have joined us from from Bangladesh. I know that we have Mahinu and Machan on the call. Um, and, and members from our partner organization, Jakonari Sangsa. Same question to you. How do you build and build peace and promote gender equality in your community, which is Cox's Bazaar? And how are you coping with the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic? If you would like to speak and you're from Bangladesh, you just need to unmute yourself. And um, perhaps, Tasmia, maybe now is the time you could just translate what I said. Did I teach this? Hello? Yes? Uh, Matanu, hello? Yes, hello, Matanu. We can hear you. Yes, ma'am. Bonjour, Tuna. Matanu, you're going to translate the language. Bangla, you're going to translate the language. Oh, okay, okay. Matanu, you're going to translate the language. Okay, okay, 
Mathenu, are you speaking? I can't hear you. While while Mathenu is trying to correct uh, to to speak, um, could would would someone else from Bangladesh like to jump in here? Julie or Ashish, would you like to speak while we are waiting for Mathenu? Hello, my name is Mathenu. I'm a Gulf ambassador for peace, Cox's okay. in Bangladesh. I joined the program because uh, I want to my community to be peaceful and gender equal. Cox's Bajar Bangladesh has many problems. Child marriage, gender discrimination and poverty are very big Oh, sorry, Mathenu, I think you're muted. We we can hear you again. Would you like to start again? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> you can go. It's okay. We're we can hear you now. Hello, my name is Mathinu. I am the Gulf ambassador for peace from Cox's Bazar, Bangladesh. I joined the program because I want to my community to be peaceful and gender equal. Cox's Bazar, Bangladesh. <clears throat> Bangladesh has many problems. Child marriage, gender discrimination, and poverty are very big concerns for me. There are also 1.3 million Rohingya refugees who are school violence in Myanmar. They live in very difficult conditions in refugee camps. Since Rohingya refugee women <clears throat> are not able to go to school in the refugee camp. We decided to provide literacy and numeracy classes. Over the first year, we have taught them how to read, write, and empower themselves. They're able to read, sing, with <coughs> within the camps, which provide information on how to assess food and other humanitarian <coughs> aid. Through our meetings with the Rohingya refugee, we built social <coughs> between the refugee and host community population. In Bang in Cox's Bajar, the host community in Dramu and Bukhia also suffer a lot need to help the in uh, international community. We provide literacy classes to women in the host community too. In addition, we organized community theater performance in Cox's budget to raise awareness of women's rights and prevent child marriage. This theater performance helped us convince men and boys in our society to support gender equally. I am excited to be a Girls Ambassador for Peace in the future. I want to lead more activities for women in our society. For the uh, other uh, Masen can say. Hi everyone, I'm Masen from Bangladesh. I'm a girl, I'm a girl's ambassador for peace. 
there's no difference uh, what Martinus says. It's uh, everything. We, we made some presentation for GNWP. I'm sorry, I think it's the name is changed. <laughs> I didn't remember the name. So I just want to brief the presentation. Uh, first, I want to say something about Janus. Uh, with with which we are we were connected. First, focus areas of Janus is about women empowerment and gender equality. First, two, two prevention of all forms of violence against women and children. Three, promoting demo, democratic values for strengthening social collection, social cohesions, support advocacy and research work. Uh, it's all I can say more about Janus. So the initi the initi initiation for GA4P in Bangladesh is project title Girls Ambassador for Peace, Young Women and Girls Read Read and Lead to Counter Violation, Extremism and Build Peace for in Bangladesh. Project duration one year from May 1, 2018 uh, to April 13, to, uh, 2019. Implement area Coxpazar district of Bangladesh. Uh, implement by GNWP in uh, partnership with GNS. Project goal to empower young women and girls in the, in the conflict prone uh, environment to be a change maker for peace building and con countering violent extremism in Coxpazar. Uh, uh, we achieved a lot of things from the meeting or the training. The, the things are build capacity of 31 young women on leadership, peace building and gender equality, administrated a five-day training followed by need assessment through F, FGD, enhanced knowledge of w, YWL on literacy and numeracy, economic empowerment and theater show on GBB and women rights. Conducted six ref uh, refreshers course to the member of GA4P group. Empowered 180 marginal women from Rohingya and host communities with basic numeracy, uh, signing their name, signpost, and base or of basic service. Conducted uh, 16 literacy class by YWL for community women who face regular discrimination in the society. Increased awareness on gender equality, women rights, and GBP to community people. Performed theater show by the w YWL on different, different forms of GBP, GBP like dear dowry, child marriage, sexual harassment, girls education, and social issues. Uh, thank you. Engagement. Thank you, Machin um, and, and Mathanu. I'm actually going to ask you to stop here because we have a lot more people who want to share. But thank you so much for your your excellent presentation. And, and I'm, I'm, thank you for speaking in English. I know I know that wasn't easy. So thank you very much. Thank you. Okay, I, I see um, Reshmi wants to speak also from Cox's Bazaar Bangladesh. So I'll give the floor to Reshmi. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you, Rishmi. Yeah. 
actually ma'am uh, i want to say something um hey everyone i am rishvi uh, hi rishmi we can't we can't hear you anymore yeah okay you can yes, i'm rishmi yeah i'm the gulam basaker for pitch coxel bazar bangladesh from janas and i want to share something about uh, uh, to respond uh, to the covid 19 pandemic and like um, we've done something like a country session by ywl on uh, preventing violent extremism under usaid um founded project next one is celebrations of international women day and other other such event with uw uh, ywl and publishing a uh, written on um contemporary issues by own contributions of janas um uh, next one is theater show and multimedia presentations in uh, preventing gender based violence dfat founder uh, project um and uh, next one is community um we done something about um about covid 19 pandemic uh, we has done uh, first one uh, when we could go outside that's time we did uh, like uh, community awareness and relief distribution activities on wash and um, hygiene in uh, corona corona response by own contributions of janas um okay thank you rashmi for sharing and, uh, that i have uh, something but uh, but now that position has changed coronavirus and has increasing day by day for the reasons bangladesh uh, government 31 street exact for staying home we are uh, we are in now totally locked down in our own house we can't go any higher that's why we are avoiding by using social media and a short film in our own group thank you to hear me thank you rashmi that's excellent and it's good to hear that so many of you are using social media to spread awareness about the impact of the covid pandemic and good hygiene tips i would now like to ask elizabeth from from south sudan to speak about how she's been working to promote gender equality and and build peace in in her community and um suzy if after elizabeth you want to add something please feel free to elizabeth can you can you hear us Elizabeth you just have to unmute yourself. Are you able to hear me? Okay, maybe while we're waiting for Elizabeth, Susie, can you hear me? Susie, would you like to speak? Yes, I hear you, Malika. Oh, okay. Hi everyone. Hi everyone. My name is Susie. I'm from South Sudan. I'm a former Korawise peace building fellow with GNWP um um 
I'm not, I'm not, I don't have a lot to share with you regarding the Young Women for Peace and Leadership programs because I'm not a member and uh, I have not been participating. But of course, as one of the women peace builders in the country, I will briefly share some of the activities I was involved. Uh, after returning from New York, coming, I mean, from New York after the end of my fellowships, I was able to join the group, the women what we call the Coalition for Women for Peace in South Sudan. It's a group of young women working on peace building and um, fighting for the representation of women in all the decision-making position within the country. And uh, it's, it's, sorry, I'm sorry. It was fortunate that um, uh, South Sudan government has implemented the peace agreement by forming the the transitional government of national unity but then um, we are not certain and satisfied with the representation of the 35 percent that's affirmative action that was provided in the agreement uh, but uh, it's very unfortunate that uh, we are not able to focus on that given the current global health threat because of the COVID-19 but we have a conversation going on online and also um, within the country to ensure that women are part of the decision-making, special key position decision-making. Uh, the country is locked down. We don't have access to women in the rural areas. We don't have access to women in other, you know, upcountry part. So that one has limited some of our activities. But uh, coming to the COVID-19, pandemic. Um, we have uh, launched a, a small campaign as we're speaking now, given the situation in South Sudan and Africa in general. We know we have a very poor um, health infrastructures and South Sudan is one of the countries with total zero health infrastructures. So we are, we are really scared with the, the pandemic. Should it really come like the way it's happening in other countries, it will not be very good for, for our country. So we have uh, a program going on now where we, we donate money from our own, we fundraise among ourselves, and we are doing campaign in local languages, in different displaced camps around Juba, because the country's locked down, there's no one traveling from the city to the, to the rural areas. But of course we have a displaced, sorry, the plane is passing by, <laughs> so yeah so yeah so the country is locked down there's no anybody traveling from juba to another part of the country so we only contacted some few colleagues in in other states i mean when i mean states is uh, other part of the country um who have access to i mean who have access to radio stations so that we share the information on the preventive measures of the covid 19 so this is what we are doing. We are trying to, to ensure that this one is uh, communicated in different local languages so that people from, from, from different communities are able to understand what is COVID-19, how should they pr protect themselves, what is the best preventive measures to be applied in their communities. Other than that, I have nothing. Thank you. Thank you, Susie. Uh, thanks for explaining a little bit about what you've been doing in South Sudan and, and the impact of the COVID pandemic on peace and security. I want to turn the floor over to Elizabeth. Uh, can you hear us now?
Okay, maybe we'll come back. We'll come back to South Sudan. Um, I'm, I'm yes, Malika. Sorry, maybe she's. Um, we have a very terrible internet here. Honestly, maybe she's she's speaking on. I really don't know, but I want to let you know we have a very terrible internet here. Uh, yeah, no, no. Thank you, Susie. Uh, I see her messaging on the chat. Elizabeth, are you able to speak now, or should we come back to you? Okay, um, I think we'll come back to her. So now I'd like to call on um, our Young Women for Peace and Leadership members in Indonesia who are from Central Sulawesi and specifically Poso and Lamongan East Java. So Icy, would you like to begin speaking a little bit about how you build peace in, in, in Lamongan and then we can turn it over to Poso. Thank you, Malika. So, um, hello, good morning, good evening, and good afternoon for uh, all my friends around, uh, around the world. Uh, thank you for having us. So, I'm really glad to share everything with you. I'm really glad to hear what you already did uh, in each different country and your current condition in this uh, global pandemic COVID-19. So, Bill Ambassador for Peace or GA for P and now uh, Young Women for Peace and Leadership uh, in Indonesia itself is an initiative uh, which started in 2017 uh, in Poso uh, and Lamongan. Uh, the GA for P is a program conducted by collaboration between Amman Indonesia and GNDUP uh, that mobilize women on adolescent girls who live in conflict affected we are sustainably uh, we are sustainably working uh, to amplify inclusive peace promote gender equality raising multi-faith peace awareness and raising women empowerment so we fully realize that very basic things that we really need to do is raise an awareness i really agree with uh former GA4P or YWPL from Philippines and also maybe from Bangladesh or from Republic Democratic of Congo that mentioned about the importance of raising an awareness. Um, so we need to raise an awareness uh, of young women, young women's involvement in order to build sustainable peace and gender equality. Uh, there are various offline and online activities, so we, we divide into two different kind of activities. That is online activities and offline activities. Uh, Peace goes to school is being one of them, one of our offline activity. Uh, we come to a different senior high school in Lamongan to give them basic gender education and sex reproduction health. Uh, basic education which is very very needed for them uh, through very interactive uh, interview and talk show so we also do a campaign to stop early forced and uh, early and um, forced child marriage on international women's day 2020 we do a campaign in a city hall in lamongan so uh, we, we 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 do like how to say that um we just put our palm in uh, in in a in a pain. Uh, I'm sorry, in a uh, how to say that in a color. So if if we participate with us 
to um, stamp your palm. It means you also support to stop child and force child uh, and uh, tell them us to join us because we will never get a child marriage that wasn't a, uh, a good culture. Um, through online activity, we tell them that there's no reason uh, for being ignorant with the, how old are you proficient background. You can start very, very simple step by empower each other. You just can share what you get from up to school to your neighbor, to your mom, to your, do uh, to your um, brother or sister. You can tell them about already get uh, what you already got from that um, school session. Um, well, that other, that another simple and first step is from for educate each other to support each other and support each other's movement, uh, educate them and learn from each other. So we also have another project like a direct dialogue with um, stakeholders. And in 2018, there is a bombing in Surabaya. We made um, live report. We, we, we announced to everyone, don't be panicked because the purpose of terrorists and terrorism is to make everyone being so panicked. And just don't, be, don't, don't panic because that's their purpose to make us being panicked. So if I missed something, maybe uh, my another friend from Columbus uh, for Peace, Elsa, Iin, or Ilmia can add another point. So thank you, Ina. Thank you, I see. Uh, Ilmia, El El Ilmia, Elsa, Rira, and Ravika, would you like to speak? Uh, okay, Malika, hi. Hello. Uh, I'm Ilmia. Same with Ayin in Columbus for Peace, Lamongan. Uh, there is all of our program. Just I ha have two points here. In Lamongan, there are also we have discussions one once in a month, and then we always share what needed from young women in Lamongan because our um because in our area there is so many uh, we always study together there together and then the second uh, beside we discuss we in we visit our government to discussion 
feel peace and security. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Elmia. So, so just, just to highlight what Elmia and I see were saying, they have met with local government, so the regions and vice regions of Lamongan and Poso to share their, in, their advocacy on inclusive and gender sensitive peace and security measures, including to prevent violent extremism. Vika or Ririn, would you like to speak about your experiences in Poso? Yeah, hello. Yes, hi, Ririn. Okay. Um, hi, I'm Ririn Angreni, Girl Ambassador for Peace from Poso. And about our program, maybe it's no far difference with uh, Lamongan. In Indonesia, especially Poso, most of people still believe if women stay at home after marriage, this case do difficult for change because that is a culture that stays in social. So we as a girl ambassador for peace have a programs like uh, promoting gender equality. We actively participate in women's movements such as the promotion of gender equality, but communication with local organizations about gender equality. Participate in collaboration with communities such as women's school, and share individuals. I think this is important to me and uh, the other friends in Poso, in their respective communities or neighborhoods with friends, family, and your communities discussing the problems that occur with women and the rights that are gained by women with solution and small. And this is small things that can be done to give women in public and make decisions. Because I think uh, sharing what you get as a small thing like this can also make a difference. And for the common program or activities we can make is a campaign for gender equality through social media. In Poso especially, uh, we are used uh, Instagram for promoting about gender equality, Peace borders and the other uh, activities, what we can do, uh, we are promoting in Instagram, in our Instagram. So, and as about the pandemic, uh, we maybe not do um, not do a thing, not do our most thing but so far we are still following the regulations with policies issued by the government like stay at home maintain clean lines and social distancing in addition regarding the pandemic we have joined a campaign on prevention and government support through social media and we are girl ambassador for peace in postal have a planning programs are Peace Goes to School and Peace Library to reach young people, especially women and girls, to reach and invite young people to contribute to contribute about peace borders. Okay, I think uh, that is our program and planning we can do and after pandemic. 
Thank you so much, Ririn and Ilmia and Icy for, for explaining a little bit about what, what um, you have been doing in Indonesia. So uh, now I would like to call on Elizabeth again. Elizabeth from South Sudan, are you able to speak? Okay, if not, if not, then we'll move to Afghanistan where we have uh, members from a youth organization called Afghan Women Welfare and Development who are joining us here. Um, and this, this, the representatives are Sadaf and Samin. They have been working a lot on peace and improving the opportunities for the part, meaningful participation of women and youth peace builders in, in Afghan political decision making and peace processes and have been actively involved in, in supporting our advocacy through the Young Women for Peace and Leadership program on, on, on the youth peace and security and women peace and security resolutions. So you heard from the five networks of our women, uh, you heard from the five networks of our Young Women for Peace and Leadership program, and now we will we will invite the the um, like-minded and affiliated organizations from other countries to speak. So let's go first to Afghanistan. Uh, Sadaf and Samin, if you would like to unmute yourselves, the floor is yours. Uh, hi, uh, good morning and uh, good evening. For everyone, thank you for having me. I'm Salaf Sahib, Master of International Relations, Peace and Conflict Resolution Specialist. I work with the Ministry of Foreign Affairs of Afghanistan and also as a communication associate at Afghan Women Welfare and Development Association. Uh, um, today, I especially want to talk about uh, our activities in Afghan Women Welfare and Development Association. We recently launched a Peace Builder Club in which we weekly um, discussion or help about the importance and the meaningful participation of women in the current peace talks in the government of Afghanistan and the Taliban. The Taliban is a terrorist which was in Afghanistan. When the Taliban held the power in Afghanistan, laws based on their own interpretation of the religion. These laws made the life of every woman living in Afghanistan hard. For example, schools were closed uh, for women. Women were not allowed to leave their house without a male accompaniment. Their presence was uh, prohibited in public areas. Uh, they were not allowed to rise there before the age of 16. Today, uh, today we can see that the most people are in quarantine because of the uh, coronavirus pandemic and I believe that this has made uh, everyone's life so hard while women in Afghanistan experienced an absolute lockdown for five uh, years during the Taliban regime. Afghanistan, Afghan young women were grew up with the dramatic values and struggle to region women values, dignity and their respect which were lost during the Taliban regime. And now as a woman, I'm scared, so is my generation. I'm scared that the woman would be disagreed again after the reading the article of the agreements between the US, the United States and the Taliban. I noticed that the release of prisoners, a reduction in violence and many other issues were mentioned, but not women's rights. Human rights were or democracy. Women's rights are mentioned based on the Afghanistan Islamic values. 
while uh, their interpretation, uh, interpretation of Taliban for the Islamic values is restricted and anti-human rights. And uh, if I accept that we, if we accept their values, we will lose the 20 years of our achievements. We at AUDA are destined to raise our voice as well as the voice of the local women. Women's basic rights and the assurance of their safety cannot be treated and the achievements of the post 20 years cannot be treated under this circumstance. We, we request Hawaii WPL and the other UN agencies to stand with the Afghan women in the traditional period, transitional period and important time and to support Afghan women. So in this uh, piece, the uh, clubs, we mostly talk about uh, like how to bring more people and to hear their voice. So besides these uh, activities, we also, uh, we also uh, did some activities at the time of COVID-19. So we, uh, we, uh, we went to local areas in which there was no internet and the TV. So we, uh, we print posters, we distribute those posters to the people and uh, our um, <clears throat> and the two uh, languages, local languages, and uh, our um, uh, trainer was there, and to and they trained the warm, local women to how to protect their selves and their children, their families from the COVID-19, and how to manage and wash their hands. We distribute masks, um, gloves, hand wash, soaps, and the other essential things which were necessary for more than 16 families, uh, and uh, especially the women. Uh, which were more uh, vulnerable uh, at the time of war in the Afghanistan. So we have another activities as well. Like uh, we, uh, we have uh, uh, trainings for women in the different areas uh, about the women awareness and self-protection training. We have membership, we have training for the girls in the high and high school and ready shows uh, to, uh, to, uh, to give awareness for the women about their rights, hygiene, and other activities, and also COVID-19, to how to protect themselves. We all know that in Afghanistan, there are more women who are illiterate. They what they can do is to listen to their radios. So we, 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 here, we are holding uh, programs in two languages that the local people could understand it and protect themselves because our most uh, uh, focuses to the local women. We have fundraising uh, opportunities too. We fundraise for those who are in the need and the gathering financial contribution by engaging individual business contributed fundraise and governmental agencies. We fundraise for the muscular nets, clean delivery kit, and other things. <laughs> and also, we help uh, with the uh, business women too. Uh, we uh, fundraise for them, and uh, we also give the management, leadership, and the, uh, uh, and marketing trainings because uh, we can see that in most of the governments, uh, uh, people came and the other agencies came and give a small fund for the women-owned businesses. But these businesses fail because those women are illiterate. They do not know how to do their businesses in a great way. So that's why we are providing them with the uh, trainings like leadership and the management trainings, how to manage their business and uh, how to find the market and also the digital marketing too. So 
these were all the activities that we are doing. We also have a membership program that we uh, sometimes we cannot reach to all the provinces in Afghanistan, so at this, uh, which is right now the Afghanistan landlock. So we were, uh, we have the membership that in each province we want to have in different members. So if we cannot travel to that uh, province, there should be our members, and uh, we send them their financial things and also. <coughs> sorry and also other trainings so that they could provide uh, trainings and the helps to the low, uh, to the women of their area and uh, i think thank you these were all the things that we are doing now in afghanistan thank you for having me thank you thank you sadaf for highlighting that important point particularly on the need for gender sensitive provisions and peace agreements um, and and peace processes and and for sharing about the work that you've been doing there and handing out masks and other relief goods in the in in light of the covid 19 pandemic so now i know a lot of people want to speak so i think we'll just continue going country by country so we've heard a lot from ukraine uh could i call on someone from ukraine maria and ella perhaps you can suggest who should speak a little bit about the work that um, young women are doing in Ukraine and why it's important for young, win young women to meaningfully participate in peace building. Actually, I don't know who wants to speak. Uh, anybody from Ukraine can speak. Uh, welcome. Guys, ladies. Yes. Malika, can I speak? Can I make a suggestion? Sure. Yeah, if uh, there are no ongoing projects, I think uh, let's hear from them what they plan to do and why. Yes, yes, that's that's great. Over. Thank you, Mavik. So, so from from Ukraine, would it, would Yar? I see Yarnia. You you wrote in the the chat, um, or someone else. Would you like to speak about why it's important to support young women's participation in 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 peace building, and what are the important activities that young women should be involved in and leading? Uh, may I speak in the meantime? Yes, please go ahead, Maria. Hi, this is Maria from Ukraine. Uh, I still technically qualify, uh, qualify as youth according to the UN um, measurements. I'm still not 45 for another three months. So uh, we are planning to start engaging uh, young women uh, into peace building processes more actively starting next week. Uh, because so far young women in Ukraine in politics are still viewed as somebody else's project. They are not perceived as independent actors uh, who are able to articulate their positions and their uh, demands and their priorities. And uh, whenever a young woman is appointed to a high position, they are perceived with extreme prejudice, sexism, and misogyny, and we intend to combat that. We plan to engage young women, including young women from rural areas, because there is pretty much nothing for young women in rural areas in Ukraine uh, as, oh, you, you can't hear me? Can you hear me? Yes, we can, Maria. Oh, great, because the, the software tells me that uh, the speaker isn't working, so. 
that's why I'm panicked. Uh, so uh, pretty little is offered to young women in rural areas in regard of their involvement into civil society and using modern technologies and using this situation that we are due to the epidemic, we must uh, exploit it to the fullest. We, this is the chance to engage young women and give them the knowledge and skills and show them that they are not alone and we want their voices to be heard and we will stand by them. I'm done. Thank you, Maria, for, for, for your new definition of youth and for those important points. <laughs> um, <That's fine. laughs> thank That's you, Anne, to all questions to them. So thank I, you. I will mute now. Okay, um, so next in line to speak, I, we have South Kivu DRC. Uh, Zawadi, I think the floor is yours. You can unmute yourself. Hello everyone. Uh, thank you so much for the flow. Uh, as you can see, we are so many. We are young girls from young girls, builders from South Kivu. Um, I'll just like to add on what Lisa said about uh, peace and security concerning women here in DRC especially South Kivu, we've, we've improved so much according to gender violence and security of women. Uh, the major problem that we are facing actually is about women having uh, income activities. And right now we've been shared a program called Street Business School. That program has women to start small business and grow their income through that small that small business. And the second program that we've been shared of entrepreneurship is is uh, that what you can see uh, about uh, making this. We are making this and then sell them to the community at a low prices. This help women and help us as young women builders to get income and to to hire women which have which can which can which have potentiality and which can make income through through sell uh, making clothes. <laughs> And the third thing that we, we, we are making is this one. And we are teaching women how to make those bags. And we've trained more than 20 women to make those bags and they are selling them. They've improved their financial life. Uh, their financial life has changed and we keep educating women uh, about gender violence, but uh, there we don't have so much, so, so much problem because many, uh, most of the leader got involved in the issue and situation keep changing. That's what I can say, thank you.
Thank you. Thank you to those of you um, who are in South Kivu DRC for, for sharing your perspective and, and for sharing some of I, what they're holding up as I imagine they're the, some of the products that they make through their socioeconomic enterprises, which they, they introduce. And it bolster, bolsters sustainable development and, and financial independence for the young women in South Kivu leading these social economic enterprises. <laughs> Going back to the question on um, for, for the countries in which we do not have, we have not yet launched our Young Women for Peace and Leadership programs, why do you think it is important to support the participation of young women in peace building and what are the activities that you have in mind? I would like to call on um, Lebanon. I, I, I think that it's Ibrahim from Lebanon or the floor is yours. It's Shirin from Lebanon. Uh, there's someone named Ibrahim El Alumi requested the floor, but yeah, yeah. hello, hello everyone, hello. yeah, hello. Uh, I think yeah, hi Ibrahim, hi Malika, hi, hi everyone. Uh, thank you so much, Malika, for giving me the floor. Actually, like Ibrahim will be talking about the Lebanese case. Thank hi you so everyone. Much. Hope uh, all of you are good in this pandemic period. So uh, I'm Ibrahim El Alumi. First of all, I have to uh, stop me if, you, if, the, if my voice is not clear. So it's clear for all? Yes. Okay, I'm Brahim Al-Aloumi. I'm a Palestinian lives in Lebanon. Uh, I'm from a fraternity association and permanent peace uh, movement. Uh, I'm working as a project coordinator in my association and a life skills trainer. We are working on different groups like women, uh, youth and children to ensuring gender equality and protection. Uh, nowadays, we raised empowerment awareness sessions for women, especially in this pandemic period because of COVID-19. Since, all, since uh, as all know, we are now in quarantine, so some of them facing violence in their homes, and most of women are panicked from corona and, uh, and about their families. So we are raised a hotline uh, to, uh, uh, and we are raising a, a PSS, like psychosocial support, for, uh, for all women uh, uh, by phone calls or WhatsApp groups uh, in order to be, uh, to be in contact with a woman in our region. And uh, also we are raising awareness sessions about Corona and precautions, etc. But uh, now we are moving to the second step, which is psychosocial support for a woman. And uh, we are making, uh, in addition, uh, psychosocial support for youth, uh, males and females and children. In addition to the Skype training sessions for youth, males and females also, uh, ensuring uh, these sessions, uh, ensuring gender equality and uh, to in, uh, in order to engage the girls in decision making. The sessions uh, basically cover the positive leadership module and positive team building for a better social cohesion and some of other life skills like emotions, self-confidence and the creative thinking. Uh, to make their use uh, more um, more open-minded and uh, more accepting uh, the, the the people from different genders, and we are working on because we are targeting the women. Uh, we raised uh, we as I mentioned before, we have a hotline, so all women in our region can call the hotline in order for support for any kind of support. In addition to the awareness sessions and uh, trainings about leadership.
these uh, these sessions and these trainings uh, for all nationalities based in Lebanon, uh, Syrian, Palestinian, and Lebanese too. Uh, we have a lot of uh, organization working on different, so we are working on a referral pathway. So if uh, we face some uh, GBV case, we are not able to work as a case management for this uh, GBV case, we can uh, refer it uh, to the others because we are working as a protection eye. Uh, even uh, we have we faced a case not our work we can refer it because we are working as, as I mentioned before as a team building and uh, we are ensuring some part of social cohesion here so uh, we are in communication for, with all organizations working in different uh, targets groups youth uh, women and children uh, we are working and coordinating uh, together all the time in order to ensure the protective uh, the protective environment for all the people, for all community. Thank you, thank you, Ibrahim, and thank you, Shireen, um, for for sharing the work that you are doing with refugees um, in in Lebanon and and the importance of s social cohesion between host communities and refugees, and also psychosocial counseling. Uh, I know Mercy from Kenya would like to speak. Or over to Shireen. Yeah. Just, just one thing. So, just uh, like uh, we thought, it's a, it's a good point. Just at this point, to put the perspective of refugees uh, uh, in the discussion. Uh, just also like to shed light on the issue of camps, the overpopulation in camps in COVID-19. How even social distancing is sometimes impossible. So for that reason, you have to come up and be creative in coming up with tools that can uh, build on this like the lack of uh, social distancing. Uh, one uh, point also to add to uh, Brahim's uh, points uh, is the uh, human security approach. And this is like we, we now focusing on and we are trying to stress that, uh, which is also, of course, it's inclusion, and like the food insecurity, the social uh, statuses, the exclusion, the inclusion. So all of this like human security uh, initiative, we're working on it within the camps and outside the camps as well. Uh, also yeah. like uh, with Ibrahim, with also we have, uh, I don't know if Mariana is here, she's also a Syrian-Palestinian refugee. Uh, they, Ibrahim uh, and uh, Mariana, they can, work together as well. Can, so can we I mention? Yeah, can, I add, can I add uh, some points about the, the, how we are living in the camps in, the pand in this pandemic period? As uh, Shirin said, it's, uh, it's too hard to ensuring the social distancing because uh, there is the less than one meter from each home and home, so <laughs> we can't reach it. But as much as we can, uh, we can uh, staying home and uh, just going out uh, for, uh, for the urgent uh, things. And as she said too, uh, there is a lot of uh, problems like financial problems because uh, and uh, lack of food. Uh, I face two children, they are uh, taking food from the garbage. Sorry for this mentioning this case, but it's too hard now. Uh, we're facing a lot, a lot, a lot of these cases. Uh, so as uh, as much as we can and uh, thanks for all the youth in the camps and outside the camps in Lebanon, they are working from that initiative uh, they make a campaign just to uh, allocating money uh, for the uh, raising budget, budget to making uh, 
uh, food uh, food packages to arriving the, for the families with low income, and we are working to distribute uh, some uh, uh, some sanitizers for the people that are not uh, willing to buy these uh, products. So we are working as initiatives, and we have uh, three guys uh, have a motorcycle, so they work as a delivery in the camps just to to ensuring the staying home all the people so uh, this this uh, this works it's come from the use because uh, as an initiative because we need this uh, this initiatives nowadays in our camps and in all Lebanon in general thank you thank you Ibrahim and, and thank you uh, Shireen for sharing that it you're you're correct social distancing within overcrowded and um, overpopulated refugee camps is practically impossible and and Preaching good hygiene tips is easier said than done. Uh, I know we have to end the end the meeting in 20 minutes, so just being mindful to time, I wanted to turn it over to uh, Mercy, who is in Kenya, who who wanted to speak. Mercy, the floor is yours. Thank you. Good evening. Good morning, everyone. Uh, I'll be very brief. Um, in Kenya, we've had uh, over 200 confirmed cases of COVID-19. And currently, we are implementing a program on, with the Global Network of Women Peace Builders, uh, working with local communities to build and sustain peace. And we're engaging women uh, from the rural areas, political, from the political arena. Then we also do monitoring uh, of uh, women, peace, and security, and uh, the implementation of 1325, and of course, integrating 1820. Uh, some of the partners that we engage include the government, media, local leaders. Um, the effects of COVID-19, uh, we've not been able to have physical meetings, of course, because of the social distancing, uh, but we, we're designing some responses to support the communities that we work with. For instance, we, we, we intend to support 150 women with dignity uh, kits, and, and this will contain uh, sanitary towels and hygiene products because most of, most of the women are, have been affected and they end up preferring to get food uh, uh, over uh, the sanitary and hygiene products, and this is putting them at risk. Uh, the essential services we have, uh, women have challenges accessing the essential services. And in this, we have the uh, women who are expecting because of the curfew and confinement in other counties. We have women who are suffering from HIV and AIDS. They have problems accessing uh, their ARVs. Uh, we also have cancer. It's now, uh, no one is talking about it. And we have, but you have women and, and many people are suffering from this. Uh, for the youth, I'll say, uh, in youth in Kenya, in, in the most recent press statement, we had uh, the, the cabinet secretary from the Minister of Health calling on the youth to, to organize their circles and sport teams into cleanup teams uh, to enhance hygiene and also joining security forces and health workers in, in, in uh, fighting Corona, and also youth have access to technology and, and social media, and that is what everyone is using 
to raise awareness in Kenya. So uh, I'll say we. Sorry. Yeah, I'd say youth. Can I go on, please? Yes, please go on. Yeah, I'd say we need to work with the youth because they have access to technology right now. And so they're in the forefront uh, passing the correct information. And also uh, they have access to smartphones. <laughs> Lastly, as an organization, you're also opting for radio programming and radio sports because we know uh, not all the women, especially from the rural areas, are reached with this information. So we, we, we are translating them to local languages and we make use of our networks. We have networks in all our counties of operation. So we do weekly uh, phone calls to get to know the progress and the effect of this in peace building. And in some other areas, we, we, we go to know that uh, the existing tensions are now widening because of the physical yeah. distancing and blaming mm. each other uh, for the spread of this virus. Uh, the other thing we noted is uh, violence against women is now in the increase because uh, women are, are confined. You, you have to stay uh, in the house at night for the other counties, and that means in case of a, a violation, you got no option. The courts are not, uh, uh, the courts sometimes are not working. Most of the police officers are being deployed to, to check whether Kenyans are complying to, to the curfew. And sometimes they're not even given OB numbers, so they cannot do follow-ups of their cases. And that is the challenge we are currently uh, facing. Yeah, I I think I'm done. Thank you so much. I'm in the office and I'm about to leave because it's almost seven and we have uh, the cafes ongoing. Thank you so much. Thank you, Mercy. Rose, would you like to so come in? Uh, just a minute. We, we have participants, uh, young women from Kenya. We have Rose Mbone and I know she maybe she'll have something small to add. She's in the informal settlements in Nairobi. Then uh, we have Ruth Kilimo. She's uh, in the rural parts of one of the counties we work in. If they have anything to share, then the effect of this COVID-19 on mental health for the youth. We have Karen who can, in a minute, maybe talk about it because we have 20 minutes before the meeting closes. Thank you. Can I go first? Yes, please, Rose. Uh, I wanted to add on uh, what Marcy has said. In the urban informal settlements of Nairobi, we have seen caregivers taking care of themselves. For example, we have a network whereby uh, people who are responding to uh, families in the informal settlement, giving relief food and uh, providing psychological support. We have also had sessions whereby we call each other just to make sure that everyone is okay. And we, we also realized during our distribution, the isolation of child-headed families in the informal settlements. Because this relief food, most of them are being done by the government. And the, the, the little we have from well-wishers, we were, we were giving them through parents, we were looking at uh, orphans, the elderly and widows and, orphan, and, and uh, widowers. Then we came across a case of child-headed families as a result of maybe being um, orphans or some of them, their parents have just neglected them. They, they rarely 
take care of the children. Most of them are affected by the illegal illicit rules in the informal settlements. We also have past grudges among the youth now being revived, whereby last week, the last three days, we saw uh, death of three young people in the informal settlement of uh, Dandora at the dumping site. This dumping site is like an employment site. People go there and do garbage collection, but now it has become like a grudge because as a result of lockdown, people are now jobless. Most of the youth are not able to go to their work, and this has resulted to them wanting to be part of the garbage collection at the dumping site. And so the people who have been doing that, the youth who have been doing that at the dumping site are saying, no, you cannot come from nowhere all of a sudden and start attacking us that you want to share from this side. We have also seen that the way food is being distributed. For example, the government is directing us not to give food directly. We need to go through the government. And so this is worrying because even the small that the government has released, it has not been able to reach like the most vulnerable in the community. So as caregivers, this is something we are really taking into consideration. Thank you. Thank you, Rose. Karen, would you like to speak? Hello, I'm Karen from Kenya, working with the women. Actually, the COVID-19 pandemic issue has really brought some local health issues to us, not even with alone, but the entire country. Because some of the directives that were put in place by the government, uh, people never had been prepared for them, actually. So we find that the issue of uh, people being sent out of their working places, that has become an issue. It is a breadwinner all to the family. We have the issue of the barriers uh, that we are done against our cultural practices. Some of them actually the traumatizing the country that way. And the fact that there's no going to school for the students and the media is out there giving out the numbers uh, really creates anxiety to people. Uh, what I have to say that in as much as we are at an upper hand here with the government controlling the COVID-19 issue, it's really of essential for us to uh, be keen of our mental part of the political part because we believe that at the end of the day, this issue, the pandemic will be done, but most of people will be psychologically tortured, tortured or traumatized that they cannot even keep up with their life afterwards. So it's my humble request that we offer psychosocial support to the caregivers, the family members, and even our country. If the government could really give an upper hand to counselors or psychologists to be the first one to break the news to the, to the members before the verdict from them, that would be very good for us. Thank you, Karen. Thank you, Rose. And thank you, Mercy, for sharing a little bit about what's going on in Kenya. And we agree it's really important to just provide support to the, the essential personnel and the caregivers and healthcare workers who are out there pr protecting everyone. Ah. Uh, I'm going to turn, I'm going to ask Yulia if anyone from Georgia would like to speak at this point. Yulia, can you, can you hear me? And would you or, or someone, a young woman from Georgia like to speak about the importance of young women's participation in, in peace processes and peace building and the impact of the COVID pandemic?
Okay, uh, while I try to contact Yulia, perhaps the last country we haven't heard from yet is Myanmar. So, Zaylin, would you like to, to share a little Elizabeth. bit about your perspective? Hello. Yes, hello. Hello, hi. So, hi, everyone. I, uh, we have the we have the uh, we might have the civil war for uh, seventy years and maybe just another civil war in the world. So now the government is uh, try to organize the peace conference with the ethnic armed groups, but you know there's no uh, space for young people for the youth. So the only way we can try to raise our voice is through the uh, uh, civil society organizations. So even in the even in the COVID nineteen uh, even the COVID nineteen is happening, there is a virus in the high state. Uh, there is one that's by because of the COVID nineteen that uh, over forty people uh, is already dead because of the civil war between the military and the Afghan army. So now there is no uh, there is no space for the young uh, for the young people in this conference. So hello. Yes, we can. Hello. Okay. So sorry that like uh, we are we are we are working we are working as a team for for the response of COVID nineteen. So there are also many many other guys here. So we are talking about that. So. So even uh, so, even in the time of the COVID nineteen breakout, there is civil war in Rakhine State. So over forty people has already dead because of the civil war, but only four people is dead because of the COVID nineteen. So even in some villages in Rakhine State, they do not access internet because of the international by the government. So like they don't they don't have any uh, they don't know anything about the COVID nineteen or they don't know they have no information about that. So currently, there is no uh, there is no space for the young people to find out about the uh, peace process or maybe in some peace related issues. Yes, uh, the government holds talks uh, with the young people about the peace process or the COVID nineteen, but only with the supporters of the government. So maybe th uh, this process, like uh, um, the training young young women. Uh, for their uh, for their livelihoods, maybe it will be an interest for the it may also interest for the government, and maybe we can engage. Uh, it may be a space for the engagement uh, with the government throughout those fighters, throughout those those young people. Thank you. Thank you, Zaylin. You brought up a really important point about um, about the need to to monitor the peace and security situations during this pandemic. The Secretary General of the United Nations is the call for global ceasefire, and some have heeded this call. And it's unfortunate that violence is ongoing in in, in Myanmar. Elizabeth, are you able to speak now, Elizabeth from South Sudan? I know you were trying earlier. Yes, I'm able to speak now. Can everyone hear me? Yes, your voice is faint, but we can hear you. Okay, I'll try to be. Elizabeth, hello? Hello? 
time of the pandemic thing that happened in, in South Sudan, even though our neighbors were affected earlier. Pretty recent compared to other cases. And currently, and one of the things we had to control in this short time is violence. Elizabeth, unfortunately, we can't hear you. Maybe, maybe you can type up what you have to say in the chat, and I will read it out to everyone. Okay, I'll type. Thank you, and I'm sorry about that. Okay, so we we need we need to close. I I know that we're running running short on time, but I wanted I know Hanifa from Indonesia had requested to speak, and then um, I'll open the floor for any last uh, urgent remarks, or if anyone from Georgia wanted to come in. So Hanifa, the is yours. Okay, thank you, Malika. I just uh, want to share uh, the update situation relating with uh, COVID in Indonesia. The first one is uh, shift, uh, shifting orientation of a common enemy of ISIS in Indonesia. As we know before, in Indonesia, they make USA as a common enemy for radicalist group. But now they shift to the China because COVID come from China. So they uh, they have uh, provoked the community that COVID is part of the communism action. So uh, uh, this uh, this group uh, encouraged the people uh, where government issued the policy, working from home, learning from home, and pray from home. Pray from home means that uh, policy uh, limitation from the government to uh, people go to the mosque to worship. Uh, this is part of issue uh, rise in Indonesia relating with uh, radicalist group. The second one, uh, intolerant, uh, relating with rejection uh, of burial of the body uh, because of COVID. You know that some nurses, uh, some people impacted by uh, COVID, uh, some people rejection when they will bury. This is very, very intolerant uh, that happened in Indonesia. And the third one, uh, we are uh, doing anticipation of uh, domestic violence during uh, social distancing. Uh, our government didn't use a lockdown as a policy, but uh, we use a social distancing in this scale. So uh, the government uh, encouraged the people stay at home and the, the people that uh, have no need to go outside uh, will arrest by government. And the fourth one, uh, consolidation among CSO to support government uh, policy. Uh, we, ha we, ha we have a movement like uh, one family cover one poor family. This is part of our uh, support to government to respond to COVID. Because we know that uh, government have uh, limited capacity, limited uh, effort to, to, to support the uh, people that uh, jobless during this social distancing. This is our update. And our next planning to the uh, for the Girl Ambassador for Peace, Aman have been doing connecting uh, Girl Ambassador for Peace with other women organization. Uh, they have to be part of a big movement of uh, women, uh, women movement. 
uh, and we pre we prepare them as a resilient organization, not part of Aman, but uh, we will to be partner in the future. Thank you. That's all. Thanks for having me uh, this evening. Thank you, Hanifa, for for sharing uh, the imp impact of the pandemic on on the on violent extremism conducive to terrorism in Indonesia. Um, is there anyone from Georgia on the phone? I know we have young women peace builders from Georgia who have joined, and Yulia, you are also here. If you would like to speak, now is your opportunity. Okay, I will take that as a sign that the internet connection is not strong enough, or uh, you're, you're, you may have dropped off, but um, thank you anyway. Um, to everyone for, for, your, for your thoughts and your perspectives and your input on the impact of the pandemic on peace and security and, and the importance of young women, part, young women's participation in leading peace building and, and initiatives that aim to promote gender equality. I would like to hand the floor to Katrina, who is the coordinator of the, this program, and she has an important update to share with you all. Thank you, Malika. Thank you, everyone. So now I'm sharing with you. Can you all hear me? I think so. All right. Uh, I'm sharing my screen with you for an exciting update. So we are changing the name of the network to the Young Women Leaders for Peace, and we're updating our branding and our logo. This is not the final version. This is close to the final version, which we'll be sending out soon um, to promote the work that you are all doing as young women leaders who are working for peace in various communities. And we're expanding the program, as you know, in multiple areas and looking for other networks who are working in, this in these different components to join the network of the young women leaders. And so moving forward, we're going to be using this as our name to identify ourselves as the program and as members of the network. I'm handing it back to Malika because we don't have much time left. Um, but thank you so much and we're very excited about this update. Thank you, Katrina. So, so in simple terms, uh, for all of you to be aware, we're changing our name to Young Women Leaders and for Peace, and and we hope that you like the new logo and and will help us help us promote it in in your various social media platforms and 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 networks. So, just to conclude, I'll I'll, I'll provide brief concluding remarks before handing the floor over to our CEO Mavic. Um, I just wanted to thank you all for your participation and and for the, your dedication and passion to the strong youth movement for peace, equality, and sustainable development. Despite many obstacles and the current and and the current situation, we are continually inspired by the work that you do in the Philippines and South Sudan and DRC and Indonesia and Bangladesh. And we are looking forward to working with so many more of you in in Ukraine and Lebanon and Georgia, um, and Myanmar and Kenya and Uganda. So so. 2020 is a year filled with hope for us and just to bring it back to the capacity building toolkit and film that we we shared in, uh, with you at the very beginning of this meeting we'll make those links available for you as resources to use for to learn from the best practices of real young women peace builders and the kinds of initiatives that they lead on the ground to distribute amongst your peers and other youth organizations that you know 
Uh, and with that, thank you, and I'll hand the floor over to Mavic. Uh, thank you very much, Monica. I just wanted to pick up a few points. Uh, some of them were mentioned by um, by Hanifa and, and some mentioned by most of you. Uh, the first one is on the capacity or lack of capacity of governments to respond to the COVID-19 crisis. While that may be true to some extent, uh, for example, the health in healthcare institutions are very weak, but let's not accept that completely. We know for a fact that when governments want to do something, for example, wants to increase the, you know, the armed forces, want to buy new guns, want to buy helicopters, they have the capacity, right? They have the resources, they have the capacity. So let's not just accept when, when, when governments tell us that they don't have the capacity to respond to the crisis. We need to demand. Uh, the second point is the response related to COVID or still on COVID is that uh, another, you know, another challenge or another problem is that the response to COVID is more security oriented, meaning using the police and military other than health oriented. So we need health response. We don't need police and military response. Um, the third point that I would like to make is in, um, this is this one is in relation to Anifa's uh, point about China. Uh, many of our countries are, you know, are are now beginning the economics and 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 uh, economy and politics in in a number of our countries. The Philippines, Indonesia. There's no one in Sri Lanka or Nepal here, but it's uh, also largely in Africa. Uh, Chinese intrusion is becoming very, very strong. And uh, from our own uh, observation for many years of, uh, from many years of global policy advocacy, uh, uh, China blatantly disrespects international laws on human rights, on humanitarian laws. We need to raise awareness about this and we need to build solidarity. Uh, otherwise, you know, you, you young people and your children, your children's children will wake up one day and you'll be, uh, you know, provinces of China. Um, so let's, let's discuss this in greater detail. Uh, another point that I would like to make is that 2020 is a very important year. Um, and um, it's the 25th anniversary of the Beijing Platform De Declaration and Platform for Action. It's the 20th anniversary of Resolution 1325, 5th anniversary of uh, Resolution 202250 on Young Women, Peace and Security, 5th anniversary of uh, the Sustainable Development Goals, 75th anniversary of the UN. The year is not yet over, although we, many of us are feeling that way. And, and we are creative, you are creative, especially you. Let's, let's take advantage of this big marker year to get um, uh, young women and, and uh, women of all ages uh, heard in, and, and take advantage of uh, this global momentum. Um, finally, as I said uh, earlier, uh, you're here not, uh, you know, you're here not, you know, because of its chance. It's just, you know, 
uh, a chance meeting that you're participating. You're here for a reason. You're here. Uh, you're here for a reason, and many of you have had um, have been um, you know had the privilege of um, uh, being able to participate in training in global policy, and we. Um, we commit to creating, facilitating most of those um, and many of those uh, opportunities in, in the coming months, in the rest of the year, and the coming years. But with that opportunity also comes a responsibility. Uh, and, and with the right also comes a responsibility. So let, I, I challenge you to prove to the world that you're not just conforming with the problematic laws and policies that we have uh, in our different countries and globally, but you are here to transform, not just to conform. And with that, I thank you all for your enthusiastic participation and looking forward to uh, working with all of you. And I'm also very happy that we have new countries joining us uh, in the program, Lebanon, Ukraine, uh, I hope I'm, uh, Georgia, uh, I, yeah, um, I apologize if I missed um, other countries. So thank you all and, and have a good evening, uh, good morning and good afternoon in, you know, wherever you are. Back to you, Malika, for last announcements, maybe. Thank you, Mavic, and thank you everyone again. I just wanted to share one last piece of information, which is that we are going to be doing a global launch, um, which will also be online of the toolkit and the film that we, we uh, produced with the support of the NAMA Women Advancement Establishment. And the, this global launch, for this global launch, we're going to invite UN policymakers, representatives from member states, and other international NGOs. And we hope to have uh, youth activists who are well known in their fields such as Malala or Greta Thunberg or um, other important youth activists. So we're really looking for your suggestions as young people on who you would like to see and who is inspiring to you as a young young woman peace builder. So feel free to reach out to us and let us know um, who you would like to, to hear from on why the participation of young people is essential to progress and change. So with that, um, I'd like to say thank you to everyone and um, yeah, be safe, healthy, and, and yeah, I'm sure we'll all be in touch. Thank you and bye-bye. Thank you.